What's going on everybody and welcome to the Big Breakdown with Jose Ledesma and today I have a special guest but not only that we are going to be doing a mock draft 1.0 my first one on the show and I think you guys are going to enjoy it's going to be a blast like I mentioned I have a special guest on the show he is the head coach of Kennedy football he is one of my closest friends he's a good friend of mine and he's just a not only a good friend, but a good man, just as knowledgeable as me, if not more. Been around a long time in the game as a coach. Let me, let's welcome uh, Mr. Brian Lewis to the show. What's good, Brian? What's good, man? None much, man. I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this one. I mean, I know you and me already talked football, but uh, to kind of uh, you know, what I mean, put it on here on the show, I think it's going to be pretty fun for the audience and ourselves. Oh, yeah, I agree, man. It's going to be fun. So, uh, so this is what's going to happen for the audience's sake. Um, me and, and, and Mr. Lewis right here, we're going to do a mock draft, uh, one pick at a time. So I'll start off with, with number one, uh, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then he will go on with two and then so on and so forth. We'll just switch back and forth. Uh, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll interject with each other's picks about how we feel about that pick. Um, and then we'll just continue on throughout the whole first round. Uh, you good to go B? All righty, so with the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, I got Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. I mean, it kind of seems like a Captain Obvious type of move at this point. Um, Urban Meyer at uh, Trevor Lawrence's pro day today was literally five feet away from him and was doing nothing but talking to Dabo the whole time. So uh, I honestly think it's a, it's a lock at this point. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, he's it's a no-brainer. It's damn near Andrew Luck all over again, so... He would have took that job if he couldn't get in to get uh, Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, so, yeah, I, I 100%. Man. It, it's like you said, it's Andrew Luck 2.0. It's, it's, he wouldn't have went there hadn't he gotten that pick. So, it's, yeah, I, I don't see how it doesn't happen. It would, like, have to blow my mind if he went with, like, a Justin Fields or something because that that would just be insane. Um, but, yeah, man, if you want to go ahead and continue on with the Jets at number two, uh, me personally, um, I, I, I like – uh, well, the way I feel about the Jets right now and where they're going, I think they're going to get Zach Wilson, in my opinion. But obviously, this is your pick, my man. So go ahead. I mean, to me, it all depends on what they end up doing with Darnold. I mean, it's it's you know obviously a lot of reports that he a lot of people interested in him. So I think regardless of this new regime, they're going to shock some people and end up going to get Justin Fields. I think it's just a lot of people think that he might be better than Trevor Lawrence. I don't think so personally but I mean it's just been a trend new coach new quarterback so I honestly think Justin Fields is going to be the pick here Justin Fields I, I like that I mean you can't really go wrong with with any of these quarterbacks because they're all I kind of look at them all the same I mean there's Trevor Lawrence and then there's the rest of the guys I don't really I don't really put too much stock on the other guys they're all pretty good I guess at, at the least um, the most we got film on, obviously, being Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence this, the past year and a half, two years. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with either one of those, man. Um, before I go on to number three, who who do you got going to Miami, in, in your opinion? I mean, it, it, if they're going to try to protect this this pick that they made of a mistake of last year getting to a smart pick's got to be a lineman. So, I mean, to me, I think Swell's going to go there, but... You know, they could shock us and get a wideout, too. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, between uh, between me and you, man, I honestly feel like it's 50-50. You can go out and get a, a receiver or an offensive lineman. Just honestly, you got to put that 
investment into it, even though you and I both already feel it's kind of a mistake to begin with. But hey, you got to double down on it because he's your quarterback for now of the future. Um, for me personally, I I did go with Panay Sewell. Um, Austin Jackson that they drafted last year in the first round out of USC was is a pretty good left tackle. Um, but I think Panay Sewell can really solidify the left tackle position on another level. And then you can kick over Austin Jackson to the right. Um, the thing with Tua is I think Miami can find weapons, especially in free agency, because they have the cap space to do it. But it's really, really hard to find guys that can protect the quarterback. So getting a guy like Panay Sewell, and, and you've seen it last year. I mean, Miami's offensive line isn't that great. Even when it was Ryan Fitzpatrick who was their leading rusher, um, you know, even with him, it, it still it was a hard time for him to really continuously get the ball downfield when you keep getting hit. So that, that, that's why I kind of go with Panay Sewell at, at number three. No, I, I like that pick. So uh, off to number four, which is the Atlanta Falcons. Me personally, I would have had gone uh, with uh, Justin Fields with this pick. I think with him being from the Atlanta area growing up there, I know he went to Ohio State, but him being from the area, I think this would have been a perfect uh, reunion for him out there in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, it all depends on, again, what the Jets do. I mean, I, I honestly don't think they stay put, but. If they do, I think they're going to try to get the best available. That's why I went with Fields. But um, personally, I think it's you got to go with a can't miss guy. I mean, if you look at that offense, I mean, it's like why would you go another offense when the defense was as terrible as they were in the past? But it's a can't miss thing. You got to get Kyle Pitts. I mean, you put him with Julio Jones, uh, Ridley, Gage. You know, and then whomever they decide to insert at running back, that offense just ends up being like a juggernaut style of offense. I mean, they're only way you're going to be able to do, to hang with the champions that are now within your division is fighting fire with fire. And to me, I feel like that's a can't miss. Kyle Pitts, I believe, what he's six six, two forty. I mean, this kid is he played at the SEC highest level. This kid couldn't be stopped. He lined up inside, outside. I mean, I think he's a perfect piece to that offense going forward wow i i am i am so shocked you went kyle pitts at four man i honestly thought if it not had been with uh fields because you obviously had him going to the jets i thought it would have been zach wilson or just a quarterback um because in my opinion with matt ryan as their starter i don't see them ever picking top four again um but wow kyle pitts that's a that's a big pickup though man i mean you already have uh kind of a bust I guess you can call him at this point in his career with Hayden Hurst who they drafted for last year um but yeah you could definitely upgrade that spot and just give Matt Ryan another two years of true contention with a pick like that because Kyle Pitts man he's a stud I mean there's no other way to put it he's just a stud um the best tight end to come out of Florida since Aaron Hernandez you know just just a guy who can do just about anything he can honestly even play receiver if he wanted to um right we're going on to number five with the Bengals. Uh, if you want to give your quick thoughts, and I'll go on with my pick. Um, I mean, they they got to get weapons for uh, for Bur Burrow. They have to. I don't see a scenario that plays out with AJ Green being back in Cincinnati. So I think the top receivers are still available. I mean, I, I honestly see a Jamar Chase going here, reuniting him with Burrow. Well, you're in luck, man, because that's exactly who I got. I got Jamar Chase. It, it just makes too much sense, especially if they can't get a guy like Panay Sewell if, if he doesn't fall to them, which I think would be their number one option on their board. But if he if he's not there, then you got to get him 
get Joe Burrow, his buddy, his friend from uh, LSU, Jamar Chase. It just makes too much sense. Um, he, he they already run basically the same same type of offense he had when he was at LSU. And as you said, AJ Green is most likely going to be gone, so you got to give him another true number one wideout. And who better than his best friend in front Alabama? I mean, from LSU. My bad, LSU. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, they damn the same school nowadays. So right. <laughs> so yeah, no, I agree with that. So uh, for for number six, Philly. I mean, me personally, um, just as a quick thought before you make the pick, I I got Devonte Smith. I, I like that fit a lot. I mean, you can tell Philly's been kicking themselves in the butt, especially if they keep. Carson Wentz, obviously reports are now saying that he's going to get traded, but I don't know. The, the way that the, the Eagles are trying to, to backtrack on themselves is that they want to get a, um, a Matt Stafford type of deal for him. You're not going to get a Matt Stafford deal for uh, for Carson Wentz because we both know that it wasn't a trade just to get Matt Stafford. It was to get rid of Jared Goff. So one draft pick for, was for Matt Stafford and one was for Jared Goff. So I, I don't see how Philly can ever get a trade like that. I mean, unless I doubt it, but unless like Indianapolis gets really desperate or Chicago, which I doubt, but if they become like super desperate for Carson, then that's honestly the only type of scenario I can see it. But like I said, I respect, I respect the, what they're doing in Phil in, uh, in Indianapolis. So I don't think they'll do it. Maybe Chicago. Cause him and uh, Pace and Nagy are in their last year of their deals. So maybe them, but yeah, I, I just I just don't see it, and I just think Devonte Smith um, really would complement the other weapons they have, especially missing out with drafting Jalen Rager. I mean, that dude didn't do anything last year, so. Yeah, it, it's safe to say that um, nobody has a clue what Philly's doing. Uh, <laughs> right. They even know what they're doing in that locker room. So it's to me, you got to go with best player available at that time. I mean, they have so many holes on the roster. I mean, you can look at the possibility of them upgrading that secondary, being that they're in a division where I think it's only get better. Obviously, the Cowboys have firepower. Uh, Washington won that division. So, you know, I can see them possibly going on that defensive side. But I agree, Devontae Smith, you know, you're going with a young Jalen Hurts, at quarterback. You're going to need weapons. You know, it, Alshon Jeff, Jeffrey limped his way back into the lineup later on in the year and you know other than that they really didn't have any firepower Deshaun Jackson just needs to go in and hang it up um I just think this gives you instant credibility um he also kind of gives you that that I guess that flair if you see what Indianapolis done over the years with uh T.Y. and maybe thinking that Devontae Smith is a lot of the same type of receiver maybe they want to use him in the same way being that their head coach came over there from that system so yeah, I agree. I think Devontae Smith, I think that's the guy right there. Yeah, I, I agree with that pick 100%. B. I, it, just, it just makes a lot of sense because of the fact they're so, especially with Alshon Jeffrey, you don't really know what's going to happen with him. Is he going to leave? You know what I mean? What, what's the contract situation looking like? So um, off to number seven, I'm honestly surprised he fell this far. So I, I'm just going to go ahead and take him to Detroit. I, I got my man Zach Wilson going to Detroit. I mean, I just didn't know he would fall this far. And even though, yes, the, the Lions do have Jared Goff under contract for the next three to four years, I think you do got to get that franchise guy. You don't have to rush him. He can sit behind Jared Goff. Him and Jared Goff are really not that different talent-wise. Um, so I, I just think for the longevity of the team, you can start Jared Goff for probably two years 
and then ship him off to somebody else with that bad contract while you're building up that roster, and then Zach Wilson can have all those weapons and those defensive starters at when that time comes, two, three years from down the line. And honestly, like I said, this is just a pick for me that because he fell this far. How do you, I think this is like a best player for them personally. So if he does fall, I think Detroit will bite on it. If he doesn't, then obviously they'll go with a guy like uh, Jalen Waddle or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know why Waddle even decided to play in that game. I think that kind of hurt his stock with his ankle being bad. But, yeah, I mean, personally with the Lions pick, I mean, I, I do get the idea of Zach Wilson going there. But I don't know if they want to take that chance. I think me personally, I think I would have been – more realistic to see them go after that secondary after they were smart enough to let go of Darius Slay. So I, it wouldn't shock me to see them pick like a Caleb Farley or a Sertain or something like that to fill that void. But, but yeah, I mean, I can see Zach Wilson as a quarterback of the future. He, he has all the intangibles to make it. So, I mean, I can see that pick possibly happening as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that can go either way, honestly, with Detroit. I mean, yeah, they got more – competent guys it seems like with brad holmes and dan uh campbell over there in detroit but you never know detroit could still be detroit at the end of the day um so before you make your pick at carolina um i i got them getting uh the quarterback um out of north dakota state trey lance i mean honestly this has to do with honestly what what's going on with deshaun obviously texans are trying to hold on to him for dear life but uh, Carolina right now is looking like the number one team to get him um, in most people's minds. So I think if this isn't a Deshaun pick, then it's definitely going to be a quarterback of some kind, which ends up being um, the guy at North Dakota State, Trey Lance. You know, it would have been great for people to be able to get a chance to see him this year because he's the unknown guy. I don't think a lot of people knew what he was capable of doing. So, I mean, they, right now they got – you know, Bridgewater sitting there, you know, they got the PJ Walker kid. It's clear they're trying to upgrade. So I don't know if I would see them go rookie. I don't think they're in love with Trey Lance. Um, I think that, you know, you look at what they did. They spent all their picks on the defense last year. They have 2,000, two 1,000 yard receivers on the offensive side of the ball. One of the top running backs that's there. It seems like the only thing they haven't addressed has been that offensive line. So, I mean, I would not be shocked to see them shock people and come out and get a guy like Rashawn Slater. Um, I think that, you know, just regardless who's playing quarterback, uh, that protection up front is going to be important. Playing against a team like Tampa Bay with that front four, um, they're only going to be back and be better. Um, you know, New Orleans is, what, $300 million over the cap with, with that defense that they got. So, <laughs> you know, they bring pressure. <laughs> So it's like, you know, it's crazy. But I think you can't go wrong protecting um, what your investment is. I think they – I want to say they traded for Russell Okung last year. So um, – Yeah, yeah, they got Russell Okung for like a fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So by having Okung, I think you, you can get Slater, and then all of a sudden you put Slater in that right tackle. You see the same formula work with a team like Tampa Bay. Tristan Wirfs last year uh, played every snap only didn't give up a sack since week five and ended up being the Super Bowl champion. So I can see them, this this organization seems like they know what they're doing and they're going to build it in the right way. So my pick is Rashawn Slater. Wow, okay. I, I, I definitely agree with everything you said, that you got to protect whoever it is you put back there. But Rashawn Slater's going up to eight. Wow, that's, that's a sneaky one right there you got me on. 
Okay, so um, if you want to give your quick thoughts on Denver before I make my pick, um, I think I think I got a pretty good one then. Um, with this, I mean, you know, they've been trying to revamp this defense. You know, I don't know what in the world happened with Von Miller. Um, towards this offseason, supposedly rumors had something happen legal, and we don't know what's going to happen if he's going to be available. But, um, you know, you got Fangio there. He, he's a defensive guru. The offense, I feel like, has weapons. They just couldn't get guys healthy. Cortland Sutton will be back. But I think they're going to address one thing that used to be elite at, which is that corner position. And I think they're going to go get uh, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. So you and me have the same thought process, just not the same guy. I got Patrick Sertan. Um, and, and corner, I think, is a must for them, whoever is available at nine, because they just cut A.J. Aboye, which was considered to be a well-known thing, uh, him being a cap casualty, because I think he was owed like $10 million against the cap, so Denver was not willing to pay that. So you got to get a corner. Me, personally, I think Patrick Sertan and Caleb Farley could be both great scheme fits in this Vic Fangio scheme, but I think Patrick Sertan... Um, being a little bit more polished and someone we've seen more recently because um, Caleb, uh, Caleb Farley opted out this last year. Um, I just think Patrick Sertan will just leap ahead of him for those reasons in Denver. Um, but, yeah, either way, they got to come out with a corner. Um, with number 10, um, before you go ahead and, and, and tell me what your pick is at number 10, me personally at this point with who's available right now, I think you got to go out and you got to get a guy uh, <clears throat> sorry, like, uh, where's he at? Caleb Farley. I think you got to get that secondary a little better. Um, you got Trayvon Diggs, um, last year in the second round, uh, Stefan Diggs, little brother. Um, and you got to upgrade that secondary, you j especially with how bad it was the first half of the season. Yes, it did improve, uh, in the second half of the season, but I think you, you can add more youth, more talent to that back end. Um, especially with the scheme you guys are going into with the four, three cover three, you you definitely can use great athletes back there in the in the secondary. No, I agree. Um, you know that Farley is a guy that you know. Obviously, I just had him pick there. I mean, it, it was going to be Sertain and Farley at this particular position, just based on the market. Um, you know, it's not really a lot of top flight guys that are out there. And then you look at them when it comes to the uh, the salary cap. I mean, Dallas is obviously trying to save up that money to be able to pay Dak. And, and keep this team together. So building through the draft is clearly what they want to do. Um, like I said, Farley to me seems like a pick. He, he fits that that scheme that uh, that uh, forgot the damn D coordinator already. And that's my D coordinator. Uh, <laughs> Quinn likes to run. And um, unless I see, I mean, I just don't see them going after a Sherman or anything like that. When you know that's what it's going to cost them. You know, Sherman has made it clear it's going to cost them. Patrick Peterson is also a great player that's available, but it's just not going to work. So, I mean, the only other option that I saw from them is to go get the lineman, but obviously with him being off the board and they've been sticking to their board lately, uh, I think Car Caleb Farley is going to be the pick at the 10 spot. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, it's like you said, the, um, <laughs> now you made me forget his name too, Quinn. Um, with him being there, man, uh, his his prototypical size and athleticism, I think it's just seamless fit. It's like knife through butter, man. It just it just t makes it's just too smooth, too smooth, man. So uh, if, if you want to talk about the Giants at eleven before I make my pick, my man. The Giants are a team that's just a blank canvas. You know, <laughs> like they need help. They need help in so many different ways, and 
they used to be elite on that D-line. And if you look at what Joe Judge is, he's kind of a, a different kind of guy. I don't see splash, but I can see them upgrading his defense. And um, they need somebody in the middle of the heart of that defense. I mean, they got Blake Martinez. Um, he did decent, but I just think you look at a Micah Parsons and see that that's a guy that you can build your defense around. You know, he's a, he's a leader. He's a Penn State linebacker. You know exactly what you're getting from this kid. He just seems like a Joe Judge kind of guy. So, um, I'm personally, I go with Micah Parsons. Yeah, I, 100%, man. And I think it's because of the fact uh, – and my pick is Micah Parsons, by the way. But the reason why I agree with you 100% in that perspective is – you got to think of uh, the general manager out there in New York, man. He he's he's a guy that likes to get blue collar guys, tough guys. Um, obviously, Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? That that was like their franchise quarterback pick. But besides that, he he doesn't like you said doesn't go after the big flashy guys. He goes after guys like that just makes sense. And like you said, Blake Martinez is okay. He's always been more of a run stopper than a coverage guy uh, as a linebacker. So getting a guy like Michael Parsons, you can take that. Uh, coverage load off of Blake Martinez and Micah Parsons can do anything. He can run, he can do against the run, he can cover, and also he's a great blitzer. He was the nation's best blitzer when he did play the year before. Uh, he was you know, ranked number one when it comes to his percentage to getting to the quarterback as a, as a blitzer from an off-ball linebacker position. So yeah, I just... I like that pick a lot. It makes too much sense considering Dave Gettleman, the general manager, what he likes uh, with his first-round picks. Yeah, you know personally I hate it because that's in division, but <laughs> I <would laughs> right. definitely would have loved to get Micah and, and replace one of the linebackers we got. But, you know, I don't see them cutting ties with those guys right now in Dallas. So, yeah, Micah, I, I like that with the Giants. Same here. Um, for me, uh, before you make your pick at number 12 with the 49ers, Right now, man, the, the biggest questions for the 49ers, and we obviously have a lot more issues than the than the thing I'm about to talk about, but obviously the biggest question mark at the big, biggest position in the sport is quarterback. You know, what's, what's going to happen with Jimmy? Um, are we keeping him? Are we cutting him? Are we trading him? Um, are we getting a Deshaun Watson? Or are we getting, you know, I mean, one of these other veteran guys that are should be on the market? Um, who knows, man? And, and, I mean, the Niners' number one – thing I think they would have went after in this first round had they been available is corners. Um, with Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertain gone, you got to answer that other question that's on the team, and it's going to be quarterback. So I got them going with Trey Lance. Um, I, I just I just think, in my opinion right now, if, if you're going to go out and get rid of Jimmy, why not start over with a young guy, you know? Oh, no, I mean, I, I look at that, and I'm looking at the board, and I'm thinking, yeah, that Trey Lance is a guy that it's just it really hurt him not being able to play this year, you know, because you really just don't know where to put him. You know, it's, he, yes, he's the next best, according to what we know, yes, but we don't know of level competition. Is he Carson Wentz 2.0? You know, is it what is it with this kid? And, you know, we, we yet to see what's going to happen in San Francisco – we don't know if Jimmy G's getting dealt. And I don't know if Trey Lance is their guy. He might be. But, you know, you know John Lynch. John Lynch has been a guy, again, that builds in the trenches and, you know, wants to to do well. So, honestly, I think that this pick is going to – it might shock some people with it. Um, it's going to go a position of need. Uh, I think there's a bunch of guys that are going to be up in that secondary. 
they want to get a dog in that secondary to make this defense run well. So I think uh, his name is JC. I think JC Horn from South Carolina. Corner. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, nasty SEC type. You know, D'Amico Ryans being a new defensive coordinator is going to need some new toys on that side of the ball. Sherman being up, you know, Mosley's there, but, you know, I think that they're going to lose uh, not only Williams, but uh, who's a kid that you really <laughs> can't stand that much? Number 23 from SAC. Uh, oh, you talking about Lamar Jackson? No, 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 the Niners. Oh, you talking about Akilah Witherspoon? Oh, man, I yeah, give him I give him so, so much I mean, flack, man. I think that, you know, J.C. Horn, man, or J.C. Horn, if I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly, but, you know, this guy's just a dog. You know, he's a lot of people have him right in there with Sertain and Farley. So I think if the Niners have an opportunity to upgrade it, you know, you got that pass rush coming back next year. You know, uh, I can really see them saying, hey, let's get a, a day one starter. I just see Horn starting. You know, he's got NFL bloodline, um, being that his dad was Joe Horn. So, I mean, right. I think this is just going to be a, a great fit for that, that aggressive style of defense that San Francisco likes to run. Horn solidifies that secondary. Hey, that's I, I love that pick, too. J.C. Horn is, is obviously the number three corner in the draft, and it, and it makes a lot of sense because – you can still get a guy like J.C. Horn, but if you get him at 12, it could be considered reaching, which obviously a guy like me doesn't care because I like J.C. Horn a lot. Um, so maybe for a guy like John Lynch, you might want to take a couple picks back um, because, honestly, we could use the draft pick. So uh, J.C. Horn, maybe trade back a couple spots, but either way, it makes a lot of sense, and, and it's a great pick in my opinion. Um, so with number 13 with the Chargers, if you want to go ahead and give your quick opinion on the Chargers real quick before I make my selection. Um, the Chargers, I think, you know, they're in a great situation. I, I, a lot of people can't stand this off this head coach that they just got from the Chargers, but I'm going to tell you just in the interviews I've, I've watched them, he's just an energetic guy. I feel like he just he changes the room, you know, like, and I can see these guys really want to p- play for him. And coming from a defense that you had an Aaron Donald and you had those guys up front and doing it, you, you can't help but say, okay, there's a Bosa on one side. You got your secondary. You have everything you need. The offense got weapons. I can see them possibly reaching for a running back and trying to upgrade that position. But honestly, if they want to do this thing right, I, I can see them getting the kid Christian Darisaw from uh, uh, for Virginia Tech. It's between him and Christian Barmore. Christian Barmore, I really like that kid from Bama. You know, he's – He's just a stud on the inside. But if you look at that offensive line, the next graded offensive top lineman that's available is Christian Dershaw from Virginia Tech. I just think you got to protect your investment with Herbert. Rookie of the year, the kid's just going to take off. There's no reason to believe that the Chargers won't be in the playoffs next year. So I'm going to go with Christian Dershaw. Okay, Christian Dershaw. Man, that's – yeah, that's – I mean, it makes a lot of sense. you got to protect your investment. I mean – I think at this point in the draft, with with uh, with the guys we have available on the board right now, in my opinion, uh, personally, I think just because he fell this far, why not the Chargers make another splash and and give um, Herbert another toy to play with, man, and give him uh, Jalen Waddle, give him Jalen Waddle, man. I mean, they they have chased basically about anything you can have on that offense. Um, except really a pure speedster. I mean, Travis Benjamin a couple years ago was that guy, but they haven't had that in a couple years. So I think they go out and, and get a guy like Jalen Waddle and, and give, you know what I mean, another weapon to Justin Herbert. Just that much better. That makes sense. I mean, 
between he, Keenan Allen, and uh, and uh, Mike Williams that they got. I mean, Waddle can slide in and be the immediate slot, similar to what Dallas did with uh, C.D. Lamb. So, I mean, that, I think that could be a great addition to that offense. Yeah, so uh, uh, number 14, um, for me personally, at number 14, the way I feel about it is obviously Mike Zimmer – um, you and I both know how Mike Zimmer is, man. He's a defensive guy. He truly believes in what he does as a coach. Um, and honestly, with his, with that Tampa 2 uh, scheme, you, you really need to build that front four up again. Um, Everson Griffin, before he got cut by Minnesota, wasn't the same guy. Um, you know, and, and Daniil Hunter this last year coming off of a big injury that took him out for the year, I think you need to give him a guy that you can really partner up with and also even maybe not replace him, but be that guy that's there if he's not able to play when the start of the season comes. And that's, in my opinion, is Gregory Rosu. I like him a lot out of Miami. Yeah, it's funny. We were thinking a lot alike with that. I mean, that guy is just a stud. Um, you know, he's he's just nasty. He's, he's athletic. He does everything you need him to do and more. But I, the only reason I see them passing is – you know, if you look at the style that I think Zimmer really wants to do, they want a gritty guy in there. And I think that Quiddy Pay from Michigan um, is that under-the-radar kind of guy that they want to find out that, you know, is played. You know you're getting a hardball guy. It just ch- it changes your dynamic of your defense. So, you know, I, I, we're on the same page when it comes to what we're thinking about to that defense and that team. And I just think Quiddy Pay is just going to be that guy that slides right in there and can be a day one starter. I mean, the kid is just, you can't put on Michigan film and not see this kid play. Hey, I, I agree with that 100%. Quiddy Pay is a beast. So with that being said, my man, um, from Minnesota, now we're going off to 15 to New England Patriots. If, if you want to give your quick thoughts on it before I make my pick of 15. I mean, the, the Patriots, I mean, where do we start with as many holes that they have? I mean, I don't think anything that they pick here is going to be right or wrong, as, as weird as that sounds. Um, it just depends on the direction. Um, I think it kind of threw people off when people like Stafford said that they don't want to be there or play there. They could be traded to any other team. So I think they got to kind of start fresh. Um, it, it, and to me, it looks like they got to build that defense up. So. I would love to see them go and get a rush in. They haven't had one since Chandler Jones. So this is where I can see the kid, uh, Gregory Rosso from Miami going, um, his versatility. We know New England loves to switch that defense up. Um, it could be a three, four, it can be a four, three. I think the kid can play either or. Um, and when you get those other pieces back to that defense, it just makes New England back to where they want to be. He loves, he loves his athletes and well coached players. So I like Rosso. Okay. Um, I agree with you on the fact that you feel like they can go in a lot of different directions and that they can honestly just hit the reset button going forward, but honestly have it going in a different direction because of the fact Matthew Stafford said he didn't want to go to New England. I mean, let's let's really think about it. Cam Newton's not coming back. Um, does New England really believe in that dude that they have over there? Um, I forgot his name, um, the quarterback. Um, Stidham. Stidham, that's who it is yeah, out of Auburn. So do they really believe in Stidham to be the next guy? I mean, if you would have believed in Stidham, you wouldn't have brought in Cam Newton a month before the season started To if you really like Stidham. So um, hitting that restart button, I got them going Trey Lance. Um, 
I, I think I think you got to really hit that restart button on the franchise. Um, and, and you've seen with them getting a guy like Cam Newton and the way they ran that offense, even though it wasn't done the right way, uh, as you and me already had discussed off air. Um, but you still see them in ability to adjust and kind of uh, modernize their offense, you know, with a little bit more QB runs and options and things like that with Josh McDaniels. I think they've shown their ability to to modernize their team. And I think with Trey Lance, you know what I mean? You don't have to really start him right away if you don't want to, but you at least get to hit that restart button as a whole franchise with a new quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see them going there. Um, I just, I know they want to win now. So it wouldn't shock me to see New England do what New England used to do and, and land someone in free agency. But you're right. For all those reasons, I think Trey Lance could be a guy. If they like that guy, it's no other reason to get anyone else but him. Right. Um, uh, and before and before we go off to number uh, – and before you go ahead and give me your answer 16 uh, quickly with the Char- Cardinals, um, honestly – with um, Chandler Jones being hurt this last year for most of the year, yes, they were still able to do what they had to do on the defensive side to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, but I, I still think you you can pair up another guy with Chandler Jones with Gregory Rosu. Um, uh, so who do, who do you have right there at number sixteen, my man? Um, I'm coming out of nowhere with this pick. I mean, this is it's the last ditch effort for the coach. Me and you spoke about it. I don't know how many times. But I just think that there's absolutely no reason why, if you watch college football this year, there was only a handful of guys that really just changed the game. I mean, and this guy, to me, changed the game in no other way uh, outside of Trevor Lawrence. And it's it's a no-brainer. You got to pick Najee Harris. You you got a Kyler Murray. You've been, you, you thought that you were going to have, you know, the Johnson thing didn't work because you got Kenyon Drake, boom, thought it was going to work, didn't work. Edmonds is a nice side piece. You know, he's not a main running back. So if you can turn around, you already made a splash bringing in Hopkins last year. Um, Larry Fitzgerald hasn't officially retired yet. You have a burner in Christian Kirk that's out there. I mean, why not get the run game? Honestly, I think that's the only reason why the Bears squeaked into that last playoff spot is because the, the, the Cardinals weren't in a position to actually hold leads and actually control the game with the run game. And, I mean, if you watch the Super Bowl, you know Leonard Fournette was the difference in that game. So, um, I, I, right now, I, I see them getting Najee Harris right here. He can't go any further than that. I mean, the kid's a st- stud. Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris, man, that's like a great, like you said, like to be the number one back in that offense because that's honestly what it needs. I mean, that and protection um, are like the two things that offense really needs. So, Najee Harris, if, if they can get him at 16, Kyler Murray can get a lot of that pressure off of him, so I like it a lot. Um, number 17, my man, uh, what do you think about the Raiders will do at 17 before I go ahead and on with that one? Um, well, you know, they, they lead the league in um, genius picks, you know, but they like to get guys, I think, <laughs> and, you know, from from great programs. And uh, one of the most underrated programs in the college, in college ranks right now is Notre Dame. Uh, Jeremiah Wusu, uh, that kid right there, just you put on film and he's just electrifying. They can definitely upgrade that second level of that defense there with the Raiders. Um, you know, playing in the same division now with, you know, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, when the Broncos are healthy, you know, it's dangerous. And, you know, they can't get, all, get away with, uh, mediocre linebacker play anymore. I think that's, 
We already gambled with the secondary. I think they got a good front four, but they can improve there as well. But, yeah, I say Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, I think is how you pronounce the last name. That's who I would I can see them taking. Yeah, man. I mean, this this pick right here with the Raiders, man, I, I agree with you 100%. I've had Jeremiah Owusu going 17 with the Raiders since I did my first mock draft like three weeks ago. So th- this pick just makes too much sense to me. I mean, the linebacker spot on their defense along with – I mean, that whole defense isn't great, but you can just tell by watching the Raiders that second, that second level needs to really improve. Um, you were able to get a guy uh, like Kowalski um, to be that Mike, uh, number 44, um, but getting to Corey Littleton, you kind of you overpaid for Corey Littleton. You 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 can kind of tell he doesn't really fit the scheme, and he kind of feels uncomfortable being in that situation they got right there in Las Vegas. So, and also you got to remember they're running a four three cover three scheme, and a Jeremiah Wusu being the type of size, built, and speed he is, that's a perfect guy for that scheme because he's great in coverage. You know, he's probably not the best filler yet when it comes to run stopping, but he can get bigger. He can get better at that. But it just makes too much sense, in my opinion, with Jeremiah Wusso at 17 out of Notre Dame. I agree. Um, Number 18 with the Dolphins, man. Me personally, um, man, because they already got Panay Sewell. Um, I would have loved Najee Harris here, but even though you already picked him, but... Yeah, Najee Harris would have been my guy here at number 16. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that happening. They, they like the Miles Gaskin kid. Um, you know, he, he did well. I think he has spark, gives enough to kind of see what's going on. But then they got bigger problems. You know, I, I like the Devontae Parker um, slot out there, a wide receiver. You know, they the Gusecki was probably the second best offensive weapon. I mean, I could be missing someone on that offense, but, you know, I uh, apologize if I do, but, you know, the defense, they vested a lot of money in that defense. So, you know, they're going to go budget by on the offense side of the ball. And again, you know, my picks end up being reaches. I know that, but it just, it, it makes sense in the long run when you think about it. So um, a lot of me thought about, you know, hey, let me go ahead and go get the Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, uh, you know, early in the draft, I had him take, picking Penesa well. Um, why not invest in that line? Um, get them while you can. Get get these guys, seal this thing up up front. Um, I, I just don't think there's another wide receiver weapon that or any offensive player that they could take at that point in time that would be a better investment than sharing up that front. So I'm going to go with, like I said, um, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Play left tackle, uh, but he's played everywhere on that offensive front. He's slated to be an interior lineman um, in the league, so I think you just can't go wrong. You got two first-round draft picks. Solidify that offensive line, especially if you got a young Tua back there. Wow, yeah, that that you. When you talk about surprise me, man, you you really came onto the show and, and really put some numbers on there, man, because. There's been a couple of these picks where I'm just I did not expect that, but it, but it's like you said, man, you got to just really double down while you can because offensive linemen in the draft or or especially if they end up being good are like really <laughs> less than a dime a dozen, like it's really rare. So if you can really sit there and, and allow two to have time in the pocket, it just it's a no brainer. You, you just have to do it at that point. Um, oh yeah. So at, at 19. Um, uh, how do you feel Washington's going to do at 19? Well, 
Washington, you know, you look at a team that's, again, built in the trenches. I think they'll do what they can to keep Brandon Scherf there and, you know, these other guys. Um, you know, that D-line has nothing but first-rounders and even a backup. But I think they're going to try to get a splash and get another weapon um, of some sort. Um, I I hate it because I hate the Redskins. Well, I'm so, ooh, the Washington football team. <laughs> but um, they're going to try to get some help for McLaurin. And, and, and I just see uh, Kadarius Toney uh, being a good pickup for them. Um, being a guy that could probably slot in, the, in in that slot position for them, um, he was a huge playmaker for Florida. Florida was a big time offense. So again, he was one of those playmakers you put on any film of anybody this year, and this guy changed the game. So I can see them going to get Kadarius uh, Tony. Yeah, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Had you not picked Elijah Vera Tucker with eighteen with the Dolphins, he would have been my pick here at nineteen because. Like you mentioned, Brandon Sheriff, you know, what's going to happen with him? Is he leaving? Um, is he going to get tagged? You know, I mean, what's going to happen there? But it, since he's not here, um, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I got Kadarius Tony. I mean, like you said, you got to get McLaurin we- another guy to pair him up because whoever's going to be at quarterback next year, you, you got to give him somebody to throw to besides McLaurin. He already shown you that he can be the number one receiver, but you got to get the pressure off him now because, as you know, NFL teams, once a guy shows out and stars out and has a breakout year, you know I mean? Teams are going to put that extra pressure on him, double cover him, bracket coverage him. So you got to get another guy to take uh, the pressure off of him. And, and, And Tony, man, he's a speedster, you know, so he's a guy that can take the lid off because McLaurin, he's fast too, but he also is a really good possession receiver. So Kadarius Tony, man, he can just take the lid off. Oh yeah, uh, I, I agree, man. Like that's we're same page, right? We're on the same page. So uh, at Chicago at twenty, uh, before you go ahead and make that pick, um, real quick. Yeah, Chicago. Before, like I mentioned, uh, before you go ahead and make that pick, my man. Uh, in my opinion, Chicago, uh, they're kind of like we mentioned earlier. You know, I mean. Uh, like the Eagles, they're, they're a mess. They can go a lot of different directions. You don't really know what's going to happen. Um, they did sneak into the playoffs accidentally because Montgomery was able to run the ball and get a thousand yards and whatnot. Um, and, and honestly, Chicago can go in a lot of different directions, like I already said. So with what's right here on the board, um, you got to improve, I think, their biggest weakness on offense besides quarterback, and that's offensive line. Um, so they go out and get a guy like Christian Darisol, in my opinion, um, I, I honestly think he's the guy that can add some extra protection for whether it's Nick Foles or whoever the hell is going to be a quarterback. Um, it, it just makes a lot of sense to me because that offensive line is really not that good. Yeah, you you took the words out of my mouth. Like that's, I mean, you watch that team and and you see um, they got a guy. I don't know if he's still there. His last name is Leno. I don't really trust that guy blocking for me. But I mean, you, trash. No matter who's who's there, you know. You, you got to invest where they got a lot of big money tied up on the defense side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% all in with that, too. Chris and Derrishaw, very underrated uh, tackle, but, you know, uh, throughout the year, but by the end of the year, put together a good season. Virginia Tech didn't have a great season, but, you know, they had some great, pretty good players uh, that I think that will make impact day one impacts in the league. So, Derrishaw to me is, is a good pickup there in Chicago. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what, what are your feelings on Indianapolis before I go ahead and make that pick? Um, uh, uh, being 
hundred percent honest looking at what they got, you know, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of what they do there, just the way they manage that team and money wise yeah. and so on and so forth. You know, it's the trickiest picks are from 20 to 32, you know, you just, hopefully you find somebody that drops, but you know, it, I think you can't miss with going and getting an edge rusher like Gregory Wasu from uh, Miami. Uh, I just think he's, if you're going to stick to your board um, and getting already a guy like uh, Buckner last year, Rasu might have the same kind of uh, success that like Bosa had out there with the 49ers. I can see them trying to mimic that. No, yeah, 100%. It's, it's like you said, the, that offensive line is already where it needs to be for the most part, um, even though Constanzo uh, retired a couple weeks ago. And, and honestly, you stick to your guns and you go to best player available, and that is Gregory Rossu at this point. And, and you got to pair up a guy, like you already mentioned already. Like We're on the same page with this one. DeForest Buckner, when he had Nick Bosa and all those guys, it made his job even a lot easier. So with getting a Gregory Rosu, it makes his job a lot easier having a big guy like DeForest Buckner in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just like that move. Okay, off to 22 with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, Tennessee, man, uh, their biggest weakness is pass rush, uh, and it's been for a long time, and I think they go with, in my opinion, uh, Aziz Ajari or Jar, Jar, Jalari or what, however you say his last name, the defensive rusher from uh, uh, Georgia. I think he fits the scheme with his build because I think his build is about 2'6", two, two, about 2'30", two 225. He's a really smaller type of edge rusher, which, you know what I mean, can fit those 3-4 edge type of guys. Uh, Jadavion Clowney just didn't do it for them last year, and I think with them injecting some more youth in that position can really help them going forward. Especially if if you're there in the position that they're in right now, where they're trying to win now. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, I, it's for me. Um, I can actually see them going in a direction uh, that secondary has just been atrocious. Um, for whatever reason, I mean they. they they had a secondary that was pretty decent at a point of time. I don't know what this new defensive coordinator is going to be doing up there, so that really changes it. Their linebacking crew, you know, same thing. Like, do you improve there? But that secondary seemed to be the issue. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see them possibly going after the Melifonu kid out of, you know, out of Syracuse. Out of Syracuse. Um, a lot of high praise for the guy. Um but it, it, to me, it's like they're going to go off the radar and try to solidify the inside of it. And this is another stretch. But um, highly regarded. A lot of people like Zayvon Collins out of uh, Tulsa. Um, he's got a lot of praise behind him. Um, guy can fly around. You know, Tennessee really has a stacked roster. Uh, I, I just – you see the, the trend of guy getting these type of linebackers. He just fits that mold. So do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. They can invest in that offensive line, but they did so last year. They're loaded out wide receiver. They're not going to go get another running back. They paid their quarterback. You know, that D-line can improve. But, um, yeah, I just think that's where they're going to go is upgrade that linebacking core. And, um, again, with the type of season that he had and what he's shown off, I think Zayvon Collins might be a steal right here. High pick, but a steal. Yeah, Zayvon Collins, man, he's he's a baller. Him and Nick Bolden right now are both considered uh, one and two. Either side doesn't really matter. 
Um, there's not much separating those two guys as being the uh, the second and slash third um, inside backers behind a Micah Parsons. So yeah, you can't go wrong with this this one, uh, honestly, in my opinion. Now we go to the Jets at 23. Um, before I pick my, my pick at 23, who do you got going to the Jets, my man? I mean, it's hands down. Uh, you, you can't pick anyone else but Travis Etienne at this point. Um, to me, he was 1A, 1B uh, right there with Najee. I mean, it's sad when, as much as I love this man, he's the first battle Hall of Famer. Frank Gore was your best running back last year. Um, <laughs> right. That's just, you got to upgrade the position. They've invested in the wide receivers, I guess. Um, you you went and got your guy Fields early. Go get him another. Go get him another weapon. So, in my opinion, I, I love Travis Etienne going here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Travis Etienne just makes too much sense at this point. Um, unless they go out and get a, a, a guy like Aaron Jones in free agency, but if they don't, then Travis makes too much sense. You got your quarterback in, in with your first pick. So now you get him another weapon on the offensive side, which the Jets are severely lacking um, right now. So Travis Etienne makes too much sense at 23. I totally agree with you with that on that one. Um, 24 with the Steelers. Before you go ahead and make that pick, I, I mean, the Steelers, there's a, there's a couple things they believe in. One of them I know for a fact is the trenches. And they honestly could go with either of these two guys I'm, in, I'm about to mention right now in the trenches, and that's, Aziz uh, Ajari, the the same edge rusher I mentioned earlier out of Georgia, because um, Bud Dupree's probably going to be gone. He's a free agent, and obviously when you have a guy alongside T.J. Watt, can't hurt. Um, but then they can also go with one of the offensive linemen, whether it's Samuel Cosme out of Texas or Alex Leatherwood, because um, uh, uh, Alejandro Villanueva. I don't know why I lost train of thought. He's supposed to be gone. He's supposed to be a free agent. So it also makes sense for them to go in that direction as well. Yeah, I mean, they they can fill many holes. Um, I think with hearing out Aaron Pouncey leaving and, you know, kind of seeing how things happen there, I think to me the pick here is getting the, the lineman out of Texas, uh, Sam Cosme. I know I reached a lot before. I mean, I like Leatherwood. He's just not their style of guy. He's a a brawler and I love I mean I'd give up anything to get a kid like Leatherwood he could do it but I just think that they'll more likely go with the, the versatility of Cosme um, they, you know this would have been perfect for the Elijah Vera Tucker uh, pick uh, but again I think that Cosme he just fits there for what they like to do and because he could play tackle or guard I could see that thing happening and, and also, it's because I feel like he can be the direct replacement for a villain, Villanueva. I mean, like you said, Leatherwood. Right now, what the Steelers are doing, they don't. He doesn't really fit them. But he's the way I look at Leatherwood. I think he's a pure right tackle. I mean, maybe in the future he could be a guy that can switch over to the left side. But you know, I, I feel like he's a pure right tackle coming out of college. And, and Samuel Cosme has a little bit more versatility, which is why I agree with you in the fact that I think Cosme makes more sense with the Steelers at twenty-four. Um, yes. At 25, uh, who, who do you got before I make that pick, my man? Well, if, if you're looking at who's running the ship down there, he's wanna make, he wants to make big names, big splashes. And the guy that stands out to me right now is, you know, you want to build that defense back up. You build it from the inside out. Christian Barmore is the pick from Alabama. Um, he's just a man. 
you know, if you watch, you want to know anything about them, just go watch the Washington football team and see. Those are the type of D linemen that they put out in the league. So you go get a Nick Saban type of guy. You already know Urban Meyer trusts what they do there. You in two picks in the first round, you address one your quarterback and two you, the damn near quarterback your defense of what he can do in the middle of the field. So I like Barmore here. Yeah, 100%. Same thing that I was saying earlier about Raiders with Jeremiah Wusu has been the same way I feel about Jacksonville and Barmore, man. I mean, it just makes too much sense. Um, you you lost guys over the years like a Malik Jackson, a Marcel Darius. Um, you drafted a bust uh, like Tavarius Bryant, um, and you let go of, of – uh, of, um, what what is his name that went to uh, Baltimore? Um, Clayus Campbell, you let him go for a bag of chips and a Snickers. Um, so – uh, you you go and you and you get a, a, a plug and play guy. Christian Barmore is a beast, man. It makes too much sense. Oh yeah. So uh, at twenty six with Cleveland, um, in my opinion, I, I think they can go multiple directions. Um, it would have been great for a guy like Alex Leatherwood, but they gave money to uh, to the gentleman out of Tennessee. Uh, what is his name, man? I'm having a bad time today. Conklin. Uh, Conklin, Conklin man. Jack Conklin. Yeah, they, they gave him a big deal, so Leatherwood doesn't make too much sense. Um, so I think, in my opinion, they go out and get a guy like Nick Bolton. Um, linebacker has been their biggest weakness on defense uh, these last three to four years, and I think Nick Bolton is just a pure stud and can really add that jolt that uh, and that youth to that part of their defense right now, what they need. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I personally, I agree. I mean, they already got Mac Wilson, I believe, who's there. Um, you know, yeah, they believe he got hurt, so that kind of stunted it. I mean, they like what they have with a couple other things there. I think, you know, you got the Olivier Vernon situation, and he's a good defensive end they have. And, you know, you look at – you take a step back and say, how can they improve? Um, you can possibly see them trying to up, upgrade the secondary – you know, if they do, who do they go and get? I mean, they got Ward on one side. They got Terrence Mitchell on the other side. Um, that The D coordinator is also a secondary coach. So, here it goes. Flash again. Like, you're probably wondering what the hell is this guy thinking. But um, Asante Samuel Jr., why not? I mean, why not? You're loaded, <laughs> loaded at, you're loaded at every other position. You know, you'll have Grant Delpit coming back next year. One of the top rated safeties coming out out of LSU. Um, like I said, you have Ward on the other side. You know, who knows what happens. Um, and even if, you know, they don't get uh, who I think they could possibly get from the 49ers, which is Williams, you, there's no reason why this kid can't slate, slot over there and play a little bit of nickel if they wanted to, or even put Terrence Mitchell in the nickel. Um, I just think it makes a lot of sense of what they got. They like the young number 45, 44. That played for them. Um, I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah, yeah, the the, but, the, the Samoan guy out of Utah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think they kind of fell in love with that. So I think here, if they can go get him another ball hawk on that side, pedigree of the NFL pedigree. Dad obviously played in the league, coming from Florida State. I think you know at that pick, you know, they jump out and say, "Hey, why not? What do we have to lose? Let's get Asante." Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. The pedigree is obviously the first thing. Most people are going to mention, and, and there's a good reason why. Asante, when he was with the Patriots and in his early years with Philly, he was a stud. So it just makes too much sense. And, and like you said, you can fill in those gaps at linebacker. 
um, when it comes to their opinion, and Joe Woods being there. It's just all comes together, in my opinion. I agree with you on that. Um, how do you feel about Baltimore 27? Uh, well, this is where um, the guy we've been talking about, I think our favorite guy collectively, Alex Otherwood goes here. Uh, Zeus, Baby Zeus came out and said he wants to get out of town um, with Orlando Brown over there. Obviously, that line, they couldn't protect anybody. They got the same defense that uh, the nation's capital had when they were, when, when they were <laughs> you know, so poor Lamar Jackson, you know, they're, they're going to have to invest in something. What else better than get a Baltimore Ravens type of guy was the guy, like a name, last name Leatherwood. So Alex Leatherwood goes here. And I don't even think there's anybody else that you can consider as his pick if he's sitting there. Right. And, and, and that's crazy too, man, because – you only make this pick for Leatherwood not only because he's the best player available, but because of the fact you had Baby Zeus come out a couple of days ago and demand that trade because he wants to be paid and play as a left tackle. So it, it, it comes together like ABCs, one, two, three. And even though I know um, uh, Ozzie Newsom is not with the Ravens as a general manager, you know his ties in that organization are still very strong, and he was always known as taking those Alabama guys, SEC guys in general, but especially Alabama offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Those were like his, his favorite type of guys. So I agree with you 100%. Alex Leatherwood makes too much sense if he's available here at 27. Yeah, it just, it's, it's a home run right there for those guys. You don't get those kind of guys at this point in time. They can just be a day one starter, so yeah. I like that. Um, what um, New Orleans? Before you go ahead and make that pick at twenty-eight, um, New Orleans, as as you already mentioned earlier in the show, they're in cap hell right now. They can honestly go in a total explosion when it comes to cutting players and letting them walk, and, and just to relieve that cap because right now they literally have no money to spend at all. So with this pick, they can honestly just go in any direction, and it can kind of be a a win. I mean, because you can't really pay nobody. So you kind of have to just go with who do you think's the best player available at this point? Um, and in my opinion, the best player that, that fits them and that they can get is probably a guy like Tevin Jenkins. Um, you know, a, a lot of rumors are circulating going to back what I was saying about cap casualties and whatnot. Maybe Armstead, the, their starting left tackle becomes a cap casualty or a trade casualty. You know, maybe they might be able to trade him and, and find his replacement at, at uh, with Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's something that I could see happen. Um, a lot of people like this Tevin Jenkins kid. I think this is about where they kind of slated he would go late, first, possibly second. Um, but, yeah, I could see that happening. Um, honestly, you, you see they have a lot of money invested. I don't know how it's even legal to be $93 million over the cap. Um, <laughs> Seriously. You know, but it's like, what's the purpose of a cap if you're going to be $93 million over? I don't even think the Colts have $93 million worth of players on their team. So Right. Um, but it, but to get back on topic, it's like I think that I, just by watching a team, I think the one thing that I think New Orleans can definitely benefit from, and if you, you look at that division as is, uh, is a pass rush. And I think that uh, Joseph, aside from from Texas, um, you know, he, he's a guy. They could get another hard nosed guy, uh, good rushing that they would need to get, uh, bring that pressure in there. Um, under the radar, kind of a pick, you know, because you got money tied up in other positions, linebacking core, 
between Quan Alexander and uh, my other favorite linebacker that's there. I mean, they're, they can't really fill any voids there. They don't believe in drafting good wide receivers. And honestly, there's no good wide receivers available on the other side of the ball. Um, you're not going to get a running back at this point. And the line is pretty stout, except for the fact, like you said, they might want to look for a replacement. So why not go splash here? So I think they're going to get the best Russian available, and that's Joseph Asai out of Texas. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. you got to be able to get to the quarterback, and guys um, like Davenport might be leaving. Um, you never know. Um, Cameron Jordan obviously isn't leaving, but you know you got to give him somebody else too. I mean, because Davenport really hasn't worked out, so – Joseph Asai, man, it makes a lot of sense. If you're not going to get, a, if you, like, the... So, with that being said, yeah, Osai makes too much sense. Off to number 29, the Green Bay Packers, man. I mean, how do you feel about Green Bay at 29, B, before I make my pick? Um, You know, obviously, that defense, you know, was something that they wanted to improve, being that they fired a D coordinator. So, getting that guy from Rams, uh, don't really know his name, but... I think we talked about it before, he being a linebacker coach. Right, um, yeah. Yeah, he was the linebacker coach in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah I think you got to go with the safe pick here. With You know, I mean, it, you can either do one of two things. You know, you can either try to get the top-rate safety in the game um, and try to sure up that back end because uh, the, the Trevon Morig kid, is he's pretty good, pretty talented. But, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be shocked to see them get a kid like Nick Bolton. He's – Versatile, he can play in three, four, four, three. He's tough. He's athletic. Um, it just fits for what Green Bay would want to do. So, if I were them, that's who I pick. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. That inside backer position has been a huge weakness for that Green Bay defense for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Kirksey. I mean, he might be gone, or even if he stays, he's not that great. But I mean, in, in my opinion, Green Bay, they've already shown their ability to be kind of dicey with their picks I mean last year no one expected them to trade back into the first or trade up in the first round and get their franchise quarterback Jordan Love everyone thought they were getting a receiver or just some kind of help for Aaron Rodgers since they had been in the NFC championship I mean now they've been to the NFC championship they lost again which is kind of becoming the annual Aaron Rodgers uh game to lose in the NFC Championship, but I mean, since you already got the franchise quarterback last year with Jordan Love, go, you go get a guy like Rashad Bateman. I mean, yeah, it's, it seems like a bit of a reach, but you, you already feel comfortable with getting Jordan Love last year. Now you can give Devontae Adams some help on the outside. It was literally, even though with Lazard and those guys, and I think a couple of those guys are on their last deals or their rookie deals anyway, uh, which would help make sense out of this, but it was literally Devontae Adams or bust, uh, honestly, last year with Green Bay. That's why Devontae Adams' stats were so crazy. Not because he wasn't dominant, because he was, but it was literally Aaron Rodgers' first, second, and third guy he looked at. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's it's something that has to be changing and what they think about and maybe with having another weapon that they can depend on. I mean, how many times did those guys drop passes? You know, our balls went by them. So, yeah, I can definitely see Bateman – being a, an addition to that team and phasing out one of those, uh, I would have to say, mid-level wide receivers that they have. Yeah. Um, and, and now going on to Buffalo, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, for y'all who don't know. Um, but, yeah, going on to Buffalo at 30, I mean, an offensive lineman, which does make a lot of sense. Um, also with what else is available, maybe a Nick Bolton or whatever, because uh, Mil- Milano is leaving in free agency. But, 
I mean, offensive lineman makes too much sense. In my opinion, it's it's probably going to be Tevin Jenkins. The right tackle spot's a huge weakness, so that's why I like him at Buffalo at 30. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, honestly, we're we're on the same page when it comes to it. Uh, you know, I, I want to see him get a running back, you know, but clearly I don't see anybody in the draft that at this particular point that's going to change that team right now. I think free agency might be the way to go or maybe fall back, get somebody later in the draft, but um, I think they're going to stick with the pedigree of getting good guys, good coach guys, day one starters. And Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State makes all the sense in the world to me simply because going into the season, he was one of the top-ranked players at his position in the country. Um, you know, a lot of people knocked Ohio State for the, them playing fewer games, but somehow they end up in the national championship and obviously got the doors blown off. <laughs> right. You know, Wyatt Davis is very versatile. Um I think he goes in there and immediately upgrades whatever they have put there. Obviously, it's not the tackle they need, but from the inside out, especially we're talking about wanting to be able to run the ball. Everybody knows Ohio State likes to run the ball um, and, and mix it up. So I just think Wyatt Davis is a great pickup. Yeah, I, he's, a, he's a guy that I really love in this draft. Um, he, he's a mauler, man. He can move bodies. He's a big, he's a big guy. So it, it all makes all the sense for Buffalo to upgrade that guard position, which wasn't really that good. Um, so yeah, Wyatt Davis, and it's a scheme fit too. He, he's a guy that can help that running game, whether it's Singletary or Moss or whoever they sign, um, Aaron Jones or whoever, you know what I mean? It can help open up holes because he's just a big man who, who can move other big men. So, uh, 31, the Kansas City Chiefs. How do you feel about that before I make my pick? Um, in, in all honesty, I, I, I can see them. The, the frustration we see with a guy like Honey Badger on the back end, um, I don't know what happened to the Thornhill kid. I know they drafted him a year ago. Uh, I, I believe ago. I believe he was hurt this season. I think he had a season-ending injury. Oh, okay. You know, so I, you know, I could see. You know, they they got Ward at one end, and you know, they got that. I mean, obviously, that secondary can use some some upgrading. And I'm I'm hearing uh, so many uh, positive things about. Uh, I want to say his name is uh, Afidu Melifanu. I believe it is out of Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, there's top-ranked wide receivers that's in the game that said the best corner, one of the best corners they played against was this kid. But I can see them between that or the Trevor, Trevin, Trevor, whatever it is, Maury got of TCU, um, trying to help that back in because, you know, they just pretty much got torn apart there. Obviously, the O-line needs help. Uh, but, I mean, to lose three starters and then lose your starting left tackle literally a game before the Super Bowl, you know, that's – I don't know anybody who would – be able to put up what they put up. They didn't play a terrible game, but too many people out of position. So um, I would love to see them take a wide receiver possibly, but I just don't see anybody on the board. So, yeah, that's who I would go with. I'd go get a secondary guy if I were Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City, like you said, I I think their struggles in the secondary – one being obviously, like you mentioned, the the lack of talent there, but it's also the scheme thing. I mean, we all know that – the defensive coordinator Soprano, or not Soprano, uh, um, Spagnolo. Spagnos, Spag, yes, you, you know who I mean. Um, Spagno, he is a guy that loves to run a lot of cover zero man coverage, or you know, what I mean, just man coverage in general with really no safety help. He likes to blitz a lot. So I think yeah. guys with uh, Ward in them, that's where it really put them in that position to struggle against the bigger, uh, uh, against really good receivers like a Mike Evans or Chris Godwins or, or the guys that they faced in that Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, it would make sense to go secondary because, you know, you never can have too many corners 
are guys that can just cover in the NFL. That's a fact, especially with the way the NFL has transitioned, their roles and whatnot. But uh, for me, man, I, it's it's as an offense, you can't do anything unless you can give time for those plays to develop. And it showed and it got exposed in the Super Bowl. Yes, I know for all the people listening that the Chiefs had their in- offensive line injured, uh, where I think it was three or four out of the five offensive starters were not there for the offensive line. I get that, understand that. But like as Brian just mentioned, Eric Fisher was hurt right before uh, the uh, in the AFC Championship game, tearing his Achilles. He's on the last year of his deal. Um, then you got uh, the 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 right guard, right tackle Mitchell Schwartz. I believe he's on the last deal of his uh, last year of his deal, um, and he's already like 32, 33. So that offensive line definitely needs to be rebooted, rebuilt, and it's aged. So I think at this point with 31, you got to get Tevin Jenkins. You can't let him slip past you at 31. Um, it, it showed in the Super Bowl. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in that offensive line uh, in that offense struggled, and offensive line was the reason why. And I think you got to get that replacement slash help with a guy like Kevin Jenkins at 31. I mean, I can see that happening. I mean, they, they, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, they, they need to improve. Like I said, Eric Fisher, uh, I don't think he's ever been elite, but he's been good enough. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I can see that happening. Right. And then uh, at 32, my man, before you make that, that pick, the Super Bowl defend the Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Tom Brady. Uh, before we even talk about the pick, I mean, we gotta just acknowledge, man. Like this is crazy. Aaron Rodgers did in one year with Tampa Bay that. I mean, uh, Tom Brady did with Tampa Bay in one year that Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and and Matt Ryan and all these guys have done like once in their entire career in the NFC, and that's go to the Super Bowl <laughs> and not only go to the oh, Super Bowl but win it. So. Go. <laughs> like, you know, man, I've been crazy about Brady for years, man. Go, man. It's it's crazy. Like nobody, we will never see this happen ever again. And it's, and it's just besides all that. Let's add to it. Sprinkle on top some sprinkle, me man. Some the fact that he went to the Super Bowl in his own home stadium. It was in Tampa Bay. That does that has never happened. Like and ran away with it. And, and ran away with it, man. Like seriously, this is literally like defining greatness it's defining all the odds like none of this is supposed to happen you're not supposed to go to a team your first year and win the super bowl you're not supposed to go to your team and win the super bowl in your first year when it's the covid situation with no off season you're not supposed to do it when it's your own home stadium hosting the super bowl you know i mean there's all these things that you don't do it but with tom brady it's like it's possible it's it's a legit possibility and it showed it's it's crazy some guys are magnets man like when you get a guy like that in your organization, people want to play with. And you see Gronkowski coming out of retirement. You see the Antonio Brown. The Antonio Brown being your third option. I mean, that, that's crazy. Like, Antonio Brown. Like, it, bringing Leonard Fournette in, wanting to sign with Tampa. He doesn't sign with Tampa if Tom's not there. Right. You know, so, you know, him being that kind of guy, he just showed you how special he is, even at the age of 43. Seriously, I mean, all, all you, all you already said it, but all we can just kind of say at the end of the day, even with all this being said, is bad goat. That's all you can say, yeah. man. It's just, it's just goat, man. Uh, yeah, and, that's it. And, and, <laughs> and going to the the draft pick, man, with Tampa Bay at thirty two. Before you go ahead and make it, in my opinion, 
Uh, Shaq Barrett, with as great of a playoff run he had, and even though his regular season was okay, he's more than likely, because as you know, when you win the Super Bowl, or even if you make it to the Super Bowl, guys are going to leave and get paid elsewhere. And, and I think and Shaq Barrett played on the tag this year. JPP is still under contract, so he'll come back. But I think you gotta you gotta find that replacement. You gotta fill that void that you're gonna lose with a Shaq Barrett because he's someone's gonna overpay for him. It's it's inevitable. So he's gonna be gone. And I think the guy to do that is gonna be Aziz Ajarli, uh, uh, who I've already mentioned a couple times already out of Georgia. It, it's just a perfect scheme fit, and, and it's a, gonna be a position to need once a guy like Shaq Barrett takes off in free agency. Well, I mean, if, if anybody's paying attention to what's going in Tampa. <laughs> they don't do anything subtle. Like everything they do is splash. So this is the perfect time. If there was ever a time to go get somebody you have no business picking, this is where you go get them. And you know, you're I, again. You mentioned it so many times. I've been reaching. I've been reaching. I've been coming out of nowhere with these picks. Don't uh, do it. I, I have a feeling I know where you're going. Don't do it. Let, let, let's do, let's mic drop and leave it on this one, man. They're gonna go get Kyle Trask. Oh, I do it. I do it. It, it, too many times in college football, guys are on a team, and you know it, where their draft status has a lot to do with where they finished record-wise. And Florida played really good ball throughout this year. Unfortunately, they didn't make it to the national championship. But down the stretch, Kyle Trask was a leading Heisman vote getter. Okay, now if, if this guy goes on and does what he does, it's very similar numbers to Burrow. You know, when you at the at the end of the season, the only difference he wasn't undefeated. He's not a national champion, but he's six five, two hundred forty pounds, big arms, smart kid, already a Florida boy right now. What other way to to go get your quarterback of the future? I mean, it's not going to be Blaine Gabbert, <laughs> and right. that's who the backup is. I mean, it just makes every sense in the world to get this kid. Tom Brady made it clear he's going to be there at least this year and probably the next. You get him in there. You get him acquainted with what's going on right now. You let you know he knows how to facilitate. He's been caught. Ta- he's been taught by Dan Mullen, so you know he knows what he's doing. He's been pretty successful at quarterbacks that he sent to the league. If, you, if there's ever a safe way to pick and picking at 32, why not go get Kyle Trask? I mean, anybody you're picking at this point in time, I don't feel is going to be a starter. So you might as well invest in the future. So to me, Kyle Trask, quarterback out of Florida to cap off the first round. Oh, man, that's you, – you already said it, man. That's the mic drop. I, I knew once once you said – once you had to pause and be like, oh, I'm going to make a crazy pick and I've been doing it all night, I already knew you was going to mention Kyle Trask. I'm like, man, that – that right there, it would be a pick that makes sense too. It's not like it's so far out there. Like it makes sense. You you got Tom Brady for at least one more year under contract. Only one more as of today, because you know what I mean it's it was only a two year deal when he signed. But in case he does want to stick around, then hell, let Tom Brady stick around. But Kyle Trask can learn from him. You know what I mean? Who who can't learn from the goat? You know what I'm saying? So Kyle Trask, he's the prototype type of quarterback. He could be. Uh, the next Big Ben, because the way he's built, the way he plays, um, his arm isn't as great. But, you know what I mean? You, you, know, you don't need to be able to throw 80-yard bombs every play, especially when you can learn from a guy like Tom Brady, who's always been a precise thrower rather than a deep ball thrower. Um, it's just it's, it's crazy, man. I'm so shocked. I knew you. I just knew it. You got to be smart, man. I mean, so many times people talk good quarterbacks that are college quarterbacks. 
out of being picked where they should be. I mean, and then they they always highlight a guy that has no business being in the talks like Mitch Trubisky. I mean, <laughs> we talked about this a couple years ago. Right. You know, people talk themselves out of getting Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Which is the biggest the crime of the 2017 draft. Right. People will argue that they should have got Mahomes, but I don't think anybody thought Mahomes was going to be what Mahomes is now because he wasn't that at Texas Tech. You know, so, I mean, honestly, just looking at it now, you look at Kyle and, you know, what he's able to do. And there's been a lot of quarterbacks that's been able to be well at the back end and maybe second and third round. But uh, just in recent history, Lamar Jackson was picked where? <laughs> 32. Exactly. So because by a bunch of people that said he couldn't do it, and a couple years later he was a league MVP. So, you know, it, again, I mean, he didn't walk into a situation where he had a guy there that was going to help bridge him to it. Tom Brady obviously is not looking to give up that throne anytime soon, but when and if he does, what other better, better way to pass the torch but to do it right there? I mean, also Kyle Trask having that 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 following of Florida, you know, they love him there. So it makes sense, you know, especially when you start thinking about cap-related situations going forward. You know, it's it just makes sense to me to, to, to swoop up a kid like that. The kid's special. You know, uh, I'd definitely pick him over a Mac Jones. I just will never pick an Alabama quarterback in any time in my life. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. Not even if it was Joe Namath? <laughs> hey, the, well, the facts speak for themselves right now as far as the recent history. Bama quarterbacks just don't work out in the pros. So. Oh, no, that's facts. Facts. So, yeah. So, well, but, yeah. Well, man, man, B, the, the, I think I had a lot of fun, man. I hope you enjoyed yourself on the show, man. And I want to thank the audience for listening. As if, if you were able to make it this far, salute to you. I know it's a little longer episode than I've ever made. But you can really tell if, uh, listening to us talk um, about this, about what's going on in the NFL right now, about this draft in particular. You can tell it's two guys that just really love what they're doing, what they're talking about, and we really care about it. So that's why I, I allowed the, the episode to kind of just run a little bit. I know a lot of people don't probably like it this long, but honestly, I don't care. It, it's, it's a lot of fun for us, and it's a lot of fun for me, and I just don't see why you, you can't have these back and forth conversations to really allow them to flow as well as we did tonight. Um, so I want to, but yeah, so first of all, thank the audience. Appreciate you guys for listening. If you made it this far, um, we had a lot of fun. I hope you guys have a lot of fun listening. I want to thank also secondary, my guest co-host for the night, Brian Lewis, man, you've been, a, did a hell of a job tonight, my man. You do what you normally do when we already talk on our own, but um, I'm just happy, man, to really be able to bring you on here and, and so the other people besides me know how you feel and how you think when it comes to these situations and these teams and whatnot, man, because you and I, man, we already do this, you know I mean, seven days a week. So being able to, to share your voice on here with me, man, I think is, is, is something that was needed and something that is special to me and the show. Oh, man, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, we have fun. We've been talking about this for a while, so. Yeah, I like this. We got to do it again. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, man. There's there's gonna be a time where, you know, what I mean, I'll I'll, I'll squeeze I'll squeeze uh, something in that'll make sense for both of us to do. Um, so no doubt, my man, no doubt. Yes, sir, man. Thanks again. All right, B, my man. You have a good night, my man. You get yourself some sleep. Um, obviously, I'll talk to you soon personally. Um, but yeah, uh, for everybody that don't know, before Brian goes, this is Brian Lewis. He's the head coach of Kennedy Football again. Uh, Facebook is Brian Lewis Jr. 
Um, Instagram, I believe, is also Brian Lewis Jr., if I'm not mistaken, B. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know what I mean, fo- follow my mans. You know what I mean? If, if you have questions about, you know what I mean, uh, a little sibling or a cousin or something that wants to join uh, high school football but not sure where to go, talk to this man right here. Go to Kennedy. Great program. He's running it right. He's doing it the right way. It's not about getting a bunch of guys with, with you know what I mean, with divas and whatnot. It's about getting the right guys with the right attitude who are willing to work hard, and that's what he wants and he likes, and that's how I respect this man so much because it's not always about being 12-0. and 0, It's about having the right people around. So, Talk to my man right here about Kennedy football program, their practices and whatnot. I know it's COVID and it's tricky right now, but go ahead and give him a, t- a talk. You know what I mean? Let him know what you got going on or whatever. Um, have a good night, B. Everybody else who's listening, have a good night. Uh, and thank you again for listening and tuning in to the big breakdown with Jose Ledesma. Good night. <laughs>